0: Dear Father in heaven, thank you Lord for giving us the privilege to be among the living. We thank you Father for providing for us the basic necessities that we use to sustain our lives. We thank you for the food we eat, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the security we enjoy and the protection and guidance. We also thank you for granting to us the gift of your spirit and the gift of your word that is preparing us to be more like our Lord Jesus and for the coming of our Lord. Now, Lord, we pray that as we fellowship with you, that more blessings shall be added to every one of us who are listening, that we may be prepared for the coming of our Lord. Please fashion our characters into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's a lot we need to unlearn and a lot we need to learn. May these hours, these moments spent with you be a time for us to learn and unlearn. Put your words in my mouth, Lord, that blessings may flow forth to the edification of your children. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage August 23, What do they see? Then said he, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, All that is in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. Isaiah chapter 39, verse 4 The visit of the ambassadors to Hezekiah was a test of his gratitude and devotion. Had Hezekiah improved the opportunity, given him to bear witness to the power, the goodness, the compassion of the God of Israel, the report of the ambassadors would have been as light-piercing darkness. But he magnified himself above the Lord of hosts. He rendered not again according to the benefits done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. The story of Hezekiah's failure to prove true to his trust is fraught with an important lesson for all. Far more than we do, we need to speak of the precious chapters in our experience, of the mercy and loving kindness of God, of the matchless depths of the Savior's love. When mind and heart are filled with the love of God, It will not be difficult to impart that which enters into the spiritual life. Great thoughts, noble aspirations, clear perceptions of truth, unselfish purposes, yearnings for piety and holiness will find expression in words that reveal the character of the heart treasure. Those with whom we associate day by day need our help, our guidance. They may be in such a condition of mind that a word spoken in season will be as a nail in a sure place. Tomorrow, some of these souls may be where we can never reach them again. What is our influence over these fellow travelers? What have your friends and acquaintances seen in your house? Are you, instead of revealing the treasures of the grace of Christ, displaying those things that will perish with the using? Or do you, to those with whom you are brought in contact, communicate some new thought of Christ's character and work? Oh, that those for whom God has done marvelous things would show forth his praises and tell of his mighty works. But how often! Those for whom God works are like Hezekiah, forgetful of the giver of all their blessings. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is What Do They See? Yesterday, we left off looking at the incident where Hezekiah had prayed to God for healing and the Lord was gracious to heal him, but there is something that was long prophesied by Isaiah, though Isaiah was still alive at this time too, but Isaiah had long prophesied about the people coming from the north and this chapter in Hezekiah's life where he had some people coming from the north was the beginning of the fulfillment of this prophecy But the people coming from the north, who are they and what were they coming to do? What was going to be the end of their visit to Israel, to Judah? In Isaiah 14, reading from verse 28, Isaiah had prophesied, In the year that King Ahaz died was this burden. Remember that King Ahaz is the father of Hezekiah. So in the year that he died, hear the prophecy now. It says, Rejoice not thou. Why is he saying rejoice not thou? Because the righteous people will rejoice at the death of, his, of King Ahaz. He was a bad man and a better king was coming, King Hezekiah. But then, even though Hezekiah was coming in, this prophecy came at the death of Ahaz. Why? It says, rejoice not thou, whole Palestina, because the rod of him that smoth thee is broken. You know, Palestina refers to Israel. Who is Ahaz? He is the one whose rod was broken when he died. But then, Isaiah was saying, there's no need for us to rejoice. But Hezekiah was coming. Why shouldn't they rejoice? Now listen, he says, For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. And the firstborn of the poor shall feed, and the needy shall lie down in safety, and I will kill thy root with famine, and he shall slay thy remnant. Howl, O gate! Cry, O city! Thou whole Palestina art dissolved! For there shall come from the north a smoke, and none shall be alone in his appointed times. What shall one then answer the messengers of the nation, that the Lord hath founded Zion, and the poor of his people shall trust in it? Amen. You see, this prophecy was referring to the Babylonians. They are the ones who were coming from the north, and it says that Palestina will be dissolved. He was referring to Babylon, who would eventually become a strong kingdom and rule the world. The Assyrians had failed because of Sennacheris boasting against God, and the way was now paved for the greatest enemies of Assyria, Babylon. Babylon's rise to power was to a very great measure checked by the Assyrians. Babylon had found no way to subdue them and was even afraid of them, that they dare not rebel against the Assyrians. When the Babylonians heard that a small nation, as Judah, rebelled against Sennacherib, who had a resume to conquer literally every nation that came its way, including mighty nations like Israel, resident of Syria, Egypt and Ethiopia, Babylon now stood in awe of Judah. In the book of Second Chronicles 32, reading verse 22 and 23, after God conquered Sennacherib, this was what the word of God wrote. It says, Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all other, and guided them on every side. And many... Brought gifts unto the Lord to Jerusalem and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was magnified in the sight of all the nations from thenceforth. Amen. So, after the Lord conquered Sennacherib, every nation was in awe of Judah and King Hezekiah. They were bringing gifts to him, but I tell you, especially the nations that were conquered by Assyria like Egypt, Ethiopia, even Babylon, though it's not that they conquered them, but Babylon was afraid of Assyria. All of them were wondering, this small nation, how could they destroy 185,000 Assyrian soldiers? These soldiers that had subdued Egypt, Ethiopia, Lakish, and many other nations that Senacharib was listing. In one day! They knew that Judah didn't have weapons. They knew that it was spiritual. They knew that it was the God of Hezekiah that did it. It was obvious. It was apparent. There was no fighting. There was no blood. There was nobody who went to use any sword. So, the world was clear on this matter. Rabshakeh and the people that came with him, they all died. One night, 185,000 only Sennacherib went home that day. Why was this so? Everyone knew that the God of Hezekiah was the God of all gods and they were coming to give gifts to Hezekiah and Hezekiah Hezekiah did not have any trouble again, then again there was that issue that happened to Hezekiah when he was sick and he was about to die and Hezekiah prayed, yesterday I didn't read completely what happened I only read what happened with the fig, figs that um, Isaiah used to cure him, but then Hezekiah asked for a sign. When Isaiah promised him that he was going to have 15 years more, Hezekiah said he wanted a sign in Second Kings chapter 20, reading from verse 8. He says, And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day? And Isaiah said, This sign shall thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go back 10 degrees? And Hezekiah answered, "It is a light thing that, for the shadow to go down ten degrees; nay, but let the shadow return back, backward ten degrees." And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and He brought the shadow ten degrees backward, by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. Amen. This was another wonder. The first wonder done by the God of Hezekiah was that one hundred eighty-five thousand soldiers of the army of the greatest kingdom at the time, the kingdom of Assyria, was slain, not over the space of three years or five years or ten years, in one night. Now, another thing was done. You see, the Babylonians are worshippers of the sun and the stars and the moon and the constellations in the earth. You see, these Babylonians wanted to know exactly where the power of Hezekiah came from and the other nations too, that they also could have such a power. They wanted to know who Israel worshipped and how they were able to destroy 185,000 men of Sennacherib's army in just one night. The reports went everywhere that this had happened. Also, the Babylonians were deep into the worship of the fiends in the heavens. They were stargazers and astrologers and sun worshippers. They had heard of Hezekiah's illness and how that the Lord healed him and showed him a sign by making the sun or the shadow to go back by 10 degrees. Everywhere around the world, this marvel was felt, and the Lord took the glory for it. It was Hezekiah who knew what had taken place, because the Babylonians were where they were. They didn't know what had taken place. Of course, they heard about it. Babylon stood in awe of Hezekiah, they knew that no man had power to do such things so they wanted to know what it was that hezekiah had that gave him such powers the king of babylon at the time which is merodach baladan the father of nebuchadnezzar sent an ambassador to hezekiah to see what had taken place to know exactly what it was so in the book of second kings reading from verse 20 it says in verse 12 at reading from chapter 20 verse 12 it says at that time Merodach Baladan, which is Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present unto Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah hearkened unto them, and showed them all the house of his precious things the silver, and the gold, and the spices, and the precious ointment, and all the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, nor in all his dominion, that Hezekiah showed them not. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto king Hezekiah, and said unto him, What said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country, even from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, All the things that are in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the day is come, that all that is in thine house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day, shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Hmm. Why did the Lord say this to King Hezekiah? What was wrong in what Hezekiah did? I'll read it in the account of in the account of Second Chronicles chapter thirty-two, from verse. Twenty four, it says, In those days Hezekiah was sick to death and prayed unto the Lord, and he spake unto him, and he gave him a sign. But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore, there was wrath upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. Amen. So in the account in second Chronicles is telling us what the problem was that this thing that Hezekiah did was a sign of pride and exaltation of himself and haughtiness instead of exalting the Lord he exalted himself his heart was lifted up the Bible says how by showing them he said everything that there was nothing left that he did not show them let me give an account again of what was happening here just using the terms of the present time in which we live it could be any time you are when you are hearing this presently the nations that are the strongest of them is nations like russia and the united states of america there are other smaller nations like belarus which we don't know about you see egypt you can say in the days of hezekiah was like russia and the u.s was like assyria and you had other stronger nations like maybe uh like like um, babylon which maybe you can just say china there was this small nation like belarus and us for example threatening belarus and saying look better listen to me don't trust in russia because i have already defeated russia is it russian weapons you want to use against me go and check what i have done because assyria had conquered egypt already and they were threatening hezekiah saying look you are too small for me just submit i have already defeated egypt in, in whom you trust Their weapons that you are buying from them have already destroyed their own. Is it the the little weapon you bought from Egypt that you will use to fight me when I have already been able to defeat the people you bought the weapons from? That was the situation that Judah was in. Greater nations than Judah like Egypt and Ethiopia which would represent maybe Russia and China had already bowed to Assyria and is it this small nation like Judah? That is why. When Sennacherib came against this small nation, Judah, and were destroyed, 185,000 students in one day, the other nations, which were greater nations, were surprised. They knew that it was not a matter of weapons. They knew this was a divine thing. So they wanted to know, who is this God? Let us worship him. But what did Hezekiah do? He pointed to himself and pointed to gold and silver and all the things he had in his house. So what was the impression laid on the heart of these people? they were coming only once they were never going to see hezekiah again it was just the once that they visited and that was the impression that hezekiah left in their minds that it was his wealth and his arrangement of his gold and silver and precious things in his home that was his strength this was why hezekiah sinned hezekiah sinned against god not because he took the glory to himself alone god does not get a kick out of people telling him thank you just for the pleasure of feeling like he's being acknowledged. Not at all. God wants to help everyone, and now was an opportunity for Hezekiah to turn the Babylonians to the true God so that they can know Him and be blessed. But Hezekiah committed two evils in showing them the gold and silver and treasures of his house, he made them believe that his strength was in those things. Babylon will eventually come to take away those treasures which they thought was the source of Hezekiah's strength and put Judah under a serious distress. His sons that's Hezekiah's sons, will be taken captive to serve Babylon and those treasures will be taken as articles to be worshipped by the Babylonians. Secondly. Hezekiah deprived Babylon the opportunity of becoming acquainted with the one true God and that is the greatest evil of the two that he did. Instead of teaching them of God and his ways, he showed them his riches and exalted himself to us today. As it was to Hezekiah before, the Lord may also ask, What said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? What have they seen in thine house?' What did Hezekiah answer? He said, All the things that are in my house I have they seen. There is nothing among the treasures that I have not showed them. But what will you answer? You see, we are reading the story of Hezekiah to correct ourselves so that we don't make the same mistake he made. What are we supposed to do? As we come through the thoroughfares of life, meeting various people in the buses, what do you discuss with the people? You may meet them once and never meet them again. In your office, you meet people just check it your, from, the day you, from the time you were born. How many people from your primary school do you still discuss with? How many people from your secondary school do you still discuss with? We meet people and we go our ways and we never meet them again, many of them. And then you go to the university, for those who go through that system, of course. Then how many people do you meet? For those who don't uh, go to the university, you meet people anywhere you go. How many times... Do you tell them about god you spend a short time with them and then you leave and you may never ever see them again the lesson for us is that we should glorify god as we read in conflict and courage page 241 paragraph 4 and 5 It says those with whom we associate day by day need our help our guidance they may be in such a condition of mind that a word spoken in spoken in season will be as a nail in a short place tomorrow Some of these souls may be where we can never reach them again. What is our influence over these fellow travelers? What have your friends and acquaintances seen in your house? Are you, instead of revealing the treasures of the grace of Christ, displaying those things that will perish with the using? Or do you, to those with whom you are brought in contact, communicate some new thoughts of Christ's character and work? Oh, that those for whom God has done marvelous things would show forth his praises and tell of his mighty works. But how often, those for whom God works are like Hezekiah, forgetful of the giver of all their blessings." Many times you come in contact with people who need help and guidance they, like the Babylonians, may want to know how it is that we are in good health, or how it is that we are content and have such peace of mind, or even how it is that we have waded through life to get to where we are today. What do we say to them and what do we show them? What stories do we tell them? If we think that our might, wisdom and power have gotten us to where we are today, then that is exactly what we would tell them. But if we recognize that it is the grace of God that has led us, then we are to take the opportunity to tell them exactly that because that is the truth. To not do this would be to bring disaster not only on ourselves but it will be a disservice and disaster to those to whom we associate. We should be careful to recognize the leading of God in our lives and we should not be ashamed of telling the people that it is God who has brought us where we are and it is him who has been our helper and our strength. Hezekiah knew that it was God who healed him. He knew that it was God who conquered the army of Sennacherib but he was carried away by a desire to appear strong and like the kings of the world. In this desire to show off, and make himself appear like the other nations. Instead of simply speaking to them of God, he showed them the treasures of his house, thereby taking glory to himself. What do the people see when they come to meet us? Do we tell them of the course we studied and the degree that we have and how that it is that course that is best for them to study and that is what will make them make money? Do we tell them of how smart we are or show them all the awards we have been able to amass over the years? Do we show them all our children and pictures of the family dynasty as though that is what has made us what we are? Do we tell them of all the people we are connected to and how we know this and that influential person? Do we tell them of all the places we have been to and where we have traveled to? In short, do we make them think that it is our hands and our wisdom and righteousness that has given us health, deliverance and prosperity? If this is what we do, we rob God. See, the best you can do, you don't need to talk of your own abilities. Tell the people, It is the Lord that has brought me thus far. Ebenezer said Samuel, Hitherto hath the Lord led us. And that is enough. How did you get your degree? Ebenezer, hitherto has the Lord helped us. How did you conquer? Ebenezer, hitherto has the Lord helped us. How did you get your healing from your disease? Oh no, do not fall into temptation to appear sophisticated to the sophisticated people that come to you. When you are in the company of the elite of this world and you feel ashamed of mentioning hydrotherapy or mentioning charcoal or mentioning the natural remedies or you feel ashamed of telling them that it is God I worship. Do not fall into that temptation. Tell them plainly, like David said, I will not be ashamed to speak of you before kings. That is what David said. Psalms 119 verse 46 I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. Hezekiah could have told them of the God who gave him the figs and the natural remedy he used or how prayer works and how he took that letter and went to god and prayed he could have told them that he could have also told them that they are to repent of their sins if they must receive the favors from god he could have called isaiah the prophet whom god used to heal him but he didn't he could have shown them how to work from cause to effect when they are ill but in his mind these visitors were too learned and sophisticated for such foolishness so he chose to come up to their level Isaiah was not invited or oh, he's too crude neither was the God of heaven invited oh he's too old school his law was not spoken of because it would seem too politically incorrect or would seem to be an uncomfortable discussion how could an intelligent sophisticated king as himself stoop so low to talk of things so unscientific and outlandish as a god in heaven who has moral and health laws or to invite such a prophet as, as isaiah who doesn't he didn't, he didn't go to school all he knows is prayer and bible study he doesn't have any degree he doesn't have any phd he doesn't have any dds or any mds on his name ah, as, as isaiah is too isaiah is too low for these people so i don't need to invite him I only need to bring the princes, you know, the sophisticated people for this kind of meeting. This is the same attitude many Christians have when they are among their colleagues, or when they travel to another country, or people from a far country come to meet them. Hezekiah trembled when Sennacherib invaded his land. He begged Isaiah and begged God for help. The same thing happened when he was sick. He both begged Isaiah and also God. But now it was time to give glory to God. But he was ashamed. And was too proud to embarrass himself in speaking of god so he brought glory to himself the lesson for us is this point people to christ and not to self especially when god has done great things for you the lord did a mighty thing for hezekiah like we read that this lesson in hezekiah's uh, this in this uh, story is fraught with many lessons It is important that we take opportunities to give glory where it is due. Do not take away God's glory from Him like Hezekiah did. When you have the opportunity, especially before the elite, before the kings of this world, speak to them of the glory of the Lord tell them of the God of heaven and his laws because it is obedience to his laws that gives prosperity it is not your intelligence in passing examinations how many people have passed examinations more than you they have studied that same course you studied they have connections also but they've not been able to get to where you are it is not by your examination by passing those examinations it is not by the connections you have there are people who have the connections like you do but yet they are not where you are it is by the grace of God And do not think that it's because you know this person or that person or because of your intelligence. Other people have had it just like yourself and they are not where you are. So give glory to God. It is not by your strength. There are other people who are as righteous as you are. Some people say, oh, because I gave glory to God, because I also honored him. I kept his commandments. Yes, it is true. So tell them that it is God, not yourself. Tell them that it is God, not by your own holiness or righteousness do not point anything to yourself daniel even as holy as he was said it is not because of any wisdom of my own that i have gotten this vision when nebuchadnezzar wanted to know his dream daniel by the way is a descendant of hezekiah and what was the prophecy that the lord gave to hezekiah here the lord promised him that your children are going to be eunuchs in the house of babylon in the house the courts of the king of babylon why because that was what Hezekiah showed them. He gave them the impression that it was his elite children and all the treasures of his house that gives him the victory. So, subsequently, in the future, those things that he pointed the people of Babylon to, as if those were the things that were his deliverance and his help, those things the king of Babylon would take to his own court. But by the grace of God, Daniel will correct the impression that his forefather or his ancestor Hezekiah, Um, did the wrong impression that he gave to babylon daniel and his brothers will eventually correct it reading from second chronicles now to get more lessons in the book in chapter 32 verse 24 we've seen how uh, hezekiah was described as one who exalted himself in verse 26 it says notwithstanding hezekiah humbled himself For the pride of his heart both he and the inhabitants of jerusalem so that the wrath of the lord came not upon them in the days of hezekiah and hezekiah had exceeding much riches and honor and he made himself treasures of silver and for gold and for precious stones and for spices and for shields and for all manner of pleasant jewels storehouses also for the increase of corn and wine and oil and stores for all manner of beasts and coats for flocks Moreover, he provided him cities and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him substance very much. This same Hezekiah also stopped the upper water course of Gihon and brought it straight down to the west side of the city of David, and Hezekiah prospered in all his works. Amen. Howbeit in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, who sent unto him to inquire of the wonder that was done in the land, God left him to try him that he might know all that was in his heart. Amen. So in case you were wondering what the Babylonians came for, I think it's clear now. They didn't just come to give him presents. They wanted to know the wonders that were happening in Judah. They conquered Assyria and the sun went back 10 degrees. What kind of people are these? They wanted to know so that they would also worship him. But what did Hezekiah show them? Silver and gold and his princes and his sons and his daughters. That was what Hezekiah showed them. An opportunity was lost. An opportunity to bring a whole nation over to the side of God. And if you think that what I'm saying is not true, see what happened when Daniel went to Babylon. Didn't Daniel convince Nebuchadnezzar to worship God? Nebuchadnezzar was—he loved power. He loved to see power. And when he saw the power of the god of daniel what did he do did he rebel no he did not he co- commanded that everybody should worship that god three times the lord showed him his strength and eventually nebuchadnezzar was converted if hezekiah had done what he was supposed to do at this time babylon would never have come but this was the beginning ahaz had already started it which was the father of king hezekiah but hezekiah mean just put the nail in a short place from the day he did this thing it was determined that the children of Israel would at least for once some of them would be taken as slaves to Babylon and it was going to be his own children but when the Lord said this Hezekiah responded in the book of 2nd Kings 20 verse 19 good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken and he said is it not good if peace and truth be in my days And the rest of the acts of hezekiah and all his might and how he made a pool and a conduit and brought water into the city and had they not written in the books of the chronicles of the kings of judah and hezekiah slept with his father's and manasseh his son reigned in his stead and here i would like to point out something that we need to take note of it is not all the time that we are sick that we need to pray to god that by all means he should ensure that he gives us health and this makes us to learn the lesson that even when you don't have children for example don't force God to give you something without any condition saying I want it I want it unless you give it to me I will not have any other thing you don't know why the Lord is withholding it from you when the Lord said that Hezekiah was going to die he was not joking he meant it and from what I can see it would have been better for Hezekiah to say good is the word of the Lord at that time and say the Lord knows what is best for me let me die. And it would have happened. But he insisted and said to the Lord, You know how my heart is perfect. Those were his words. He said he was perfect before God and that God should give him more years as if it was a disservice that God was doing to him. God granted his request. But within that 15 years, the worst thing happened to Judah. Not that Hezekiah did anything wrong apart from this matter, but he gave birth to someone who would be the worst king of Israel, Manasseh. Manasseh was a very wicked king. He was so wicked that God determined the destiny of Judah in his days and nothing was going to avert it. Even though the next king, King Josiah, was faithful, God didn't change his mind. Jeremiah 15 from verse 1 to 4 says, Then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward these people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. Wow! Why would the Lord say something like this? Why? Jeremiah begged he pleaded with the lord please spare us please the lord said no even if moses and samuel joins you to plead i will not even listen why verse 2 and it shall come to pass if they say unto thee whither shall we go forth then thou shalt tell them thus said the lord such as as are for death to death and such as are for the sword to the sword, and such as are for famine to, fa- to the famine, and such as are for captivity to the captivity. And I will appoint over them four kinds, saith the Lord, the sword to slay, and the dogs to tear, and the fowls of the heaven, and the beasts of the earth to devour and to destroy. Wow! The Lord was ruthless here. Why? It says, And I will cause them to be removed into all kingdoms of the earth, because of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of judah for that which he did in jerusalem amen now we're not going to look at what manasseh did we'll look at that in subsequent devotions but i just want to point out to us that this boy he was 12 years old when he became king that means he was born within that 15 years that hezekiah was given extra life and it was not a good thing for israel it teaches us the lesson that we should resign to the will of God because you don't know why he is stopping you. Hezekiah had no bad record in his life, except within those 15 years, one, in what he did when the Babylonians came, but the second one was not his fault, but he gave birth to a child whom he did not know that that child was going to be the ruin of Judah. That is why we should resign to the will of God. So. Reading now from prayer, page 233, paragraph 2, to express what I'm just saying about resigning to the will of God, it says, We have united in earnest prayer around the sickbed of men, women, and children, and have felt that they were given back to us from the dead in answer to our earnest prayers. In these prayers, we thought we must be positive, and if we exercise faith that we must ask for nothing less than life. We dared not say, If... It will glorify God, fearing it would admit a semblance of doubt. We have anxiously watched those who have been given back, as it were, from the dead. We have seen some of these, especially youth, raised to health, and they have forgotten God, become dissolute in life, causing sorrow and anguish to parents and friends, and have become a shame to those who feared to pray. They lived not to honor and glorify God, but to curse Him with their lives of vice. We no longer mark out a way, nor seek to bring the Lord to our wishes. If the life of the sick can glorify Him, we pray that they may live, nevertheless, not as we will, but as He wills. Our faith can be just as firm and more reliable by committing the desire to the all-wise God and without feverish anxiety, in perfect confidence, trusting all to Him. We have the promise. We know that He hears us if we ask according to His will. End of quote. The lesson for us finally is this. Leave things to the will of God. Don't say, Lord, you must do this for me. You must do that for me. You never know why He's withholding that blessing from you. Let the all-wise God... control and say lord if it is your will give me health give me life if it is your will give me a child if it is your will give me a job give me money you never know why the lord is withholding those blessings from from you because many have gotten those blessings they asked for and it has been their ruin and the ruin of others i pray that these lessons will be etched in our minds romans 15 verse 4 whatsoever Things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Have trust and hope in God, pray for his will to be done and not your will. The lesson we learn from Hezekiah is just that pray for his will and give glory to him for the blessings He has given to you. Be a conduit through which the blessings and glory of God will reach others and do not point to self. Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, we thank you for the lessons you've taught us now. Forgive us, Lord, for the times we have exalted self. After you have done miraculous blessed things for us and you have blessed us abundantly. Forgive us, Lord, for these things. And I pray that from henceforth you will help us to always remember to give glory to your name and not to take the glory which belongs to you. And help us, Lord, to trust you enough and know that your will is what is better for us than our own will. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.
1: But we never can prove the deal. I- he said